ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Zero Lift, our weekly celebration of all things motorsport. You're joined by me, Ryan. I am joined by the glorious people that is Lenny and John. They're here to help me fill in and tell me more about cars than I will ever know. What's that was up? A really, really sweet introduction. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, and it also caught me off guard. Hey, awesome, great. Uh, yeah, if you've been following us. Um, you know, Lenny's been hosting for the past way a month now, and I kind of came back because we're having a big episode this week on F1, uh, mostly due to the fact that uh, there's a break from F1 for a month. There's been a whole lot of trades already going on, and in my opinion, it was a phenomenal race this Sunday. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it, even if we spoil it. Uh, it is well worth it. Lots of overtaking, uh, lots of all good things when it comes to motorsports. Um so really, let's get into it. I'm not doing a two-minute Delta since we're going to spend a whole episode on it. Um, and if you do have any comments on it yourself, you can find us at uh, Zero Lift Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Discord that Lenny has linked to. Come join us. Uh, we have an F1 chat. I love to post F1 memes like pretty much constantly if I find them. I almost always post them. We have general talks about uh, cars in general. So please come join us at the Zero Lift Podcast Discord, Twitter, or Instagram. So let's get into it. Um, Hungaro Ring, a great track, in my opinion. Uh, really focused overtaking on the first three turns. Actually, four almost. Uh, and then a really quick lap. It's 70 times around the damn thing. So uh, what were your guys' thoughts on it before I just completely take the show? It was more exciting than it was in the past. Usually the Hungaro Ring for me is like a once... If there's no, yeah, if there's no safety cars, if there's no crashes, it's usually uh, whoever starts pole, if they have a good start off the line and they just, after like the first, you know, two or three laps before DRS is enabled and they have a good gap to second and third, which is usually the case uh, with qualifying in the past, like it's a boring race. But <laughs> thankfully we have Ferrari. <laughs> they oh, once again kept it entertaining oh. and like i just gotta say uh the dude like everybody at ferrari is about to lose their job what's his uh please remind Benato, me of, Benato, <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not gonna be the chief strategist next year oh man he said it, it's so funny because like he basically said nothing should change, and and science was like P four is okay. Who says P four is okay? What? Nope. I wanna. I I know I'm gonna be diving really far into this because this is at the end of the race. But I have to say this while it's on the tip of my tongue. Okay. The post race radio messages while they're still in the car doing their cool down lap before they go into Park Fermi mm -hmm. uh, between Leclerc and Sites. And their chief strategy, and their and, you know, their pit wall. It's got to be the most dep depressing thing I have ever heard in my life. They're just like <laughs> questioning things. But they're just so confused. They're like just lost puppies, driving in a like in a circle, not knowing what's going on. And it's oh, just, ah, uh, it. I I feel bad. That really, is, that is quite depressing. Um, but that, yeah, that's a, a very. Uh, it's so funny you so talk let's about get it. into the into the start though. i just find it funny because you talk about how it's it's entertaining if there's a crash and we have last year with botas taking out the whole field and then 
Alonzo basically being like this line for Ocon to get his debut, which is like the opposite of this year because Ocon basically blocks Fernando going into turn one right at the start of the, the five red lights. Uh, it's wild. Can we also get, before we start the race, uh, this is George Russell's first time being on P1. Uh, Completely crash qualifying. Such an eventful weekend. Yeah, there's yeah, just Red, so much. Red Bull had some major issues. So Verstappen, let, let's paint this picture. Verstappen is in P10, and uh, Checo is in P11. Checo is in P11. Yep. And then you've got uh, George in P1, and then uh, what is it, Leclerc, and then Sainz in P2 and P3, uh, Norris, and then uh, Hamilton. Yeah, that guy. Yep. Five. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was basically Alpines. So really quite an interesting shakeup already getting into the start of this race. Um, going to turn one, Art Ocon pulled a pretty defensive move on Fernando. He's like WTF, mate. Um, almost into the wall. Almost, yeah, it was, kind of defensive it was pretty move. bad. Really overly defensive. And they kind of fought throughout the whole race. Um, and what I also found yeah. interesting is from the start, it was that will it, won't they with the rain, which is always great. <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. he's so good when it's will they won't they with the rain because the whole time you're watching you're like okay they're they're pitting now but then maybe it'll rain i don't know and then like did they make the right call because maybe the intermediates in three laps we don't know like it was so great dude the whole like you know yeah this race is so good you worth. have to watch this race it's really funny again for what it's worth okay i think it was like uh the 12th or 16th lap i think there was a Ferrari radio message that there was going to be rain in two laps <laughs> and it was sunny for, for most oh, for man. most of that. <laughs> they were totally all over the place. I don't know. Yikes, dude. Oh. Just completely. This is going to be me just uh, dancing on Ferrari's grave of an episode, I think. It's just, <sighs> hey, it's going to be very natural. It's okay. I, and I apologize in advance. But here's what I don't understand is they have had consistent strategy f-ups and everyone from their drivers to the italian press to you know f1 media writ large the fans like it is not a secret um and nato is basically like sticking his head in the sand and it's it's fucking scuderia ferrari like they they Mm -hmm. don't have a dearth of resources. He seriously you know what I mean? walked like, away from the board on the pit wall and walked into the garage for a minute. Like, what are you doing, dude? Are you taking a piss break can, mid-race? Can, like, can, it, can I be a talking head? Can I be a fly yes, on the wall please. there? Yes, please. Um, I'm pretty sure he went to go take a call from, from Ferrari executives. Oh, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty... That was, that was a Gunther... Steiner, <laughs> that's a Gunther moment. Yeah, yeah, he's like on the phone. Look like a bunch of wankers. Yeah, because they sure look like a bunch of clowns. So, uh, basically, <laughs> Red Bull being superior in their engine compared to everybody else ahead of them outside of Mercedes and Red uh, Ferrari, arguably, kind of charged the pack. They also started on a different tire strategy. Uh, so huh? they started on the softs. If that, uh, the softs. Yeah, versus the mediums of everybody else, which was like the tire of the day. Uh, we can get into that a little bit later here. Uh, so they charged through. Um, Verstappen had a beautiful undercut after coming through the pack. Um, and then this is this is why I love this. 
he 360 no scope this race. Okay, I've been waiting to say this all week. <laughs> he 360 no scope this race, folks. The guy did a 360 because he lost it a little bit and throttled too hard on like turn 13. Does a complete perfect pirouette and then still wins the race. Okay, so this guy goes from P10, does a perfect pirouette, doesn't lose it, and then wins. That is a 360 no scope in this race. If if I was actually watching Max like live in his in cockpit view, yeah, uh, when that happened, just just so happened, it was the penultimate turn. What's really impressive is that it was as slow as it was, and then like as and but like as we all know, as quick as you could turn around a right. car, you like lose it, especially at whatever speed it, you're going at an F1 car in an F1 car. Uh, he made a bunch of adjustments. I don't know if he dropped it into neutral, then uh, reverse, or then back into neutral, then to first mm-hmm. to make that pirouette. But like it was, he was doing a bunch of adjustments in the steering wheel, like and, in that time, in uh, that like split second, like immediately. And then he just completely handled it and went about his day. Yeah, like it was, like, it was very a champion. Wow, quite literally. Uh, and it's nuts too. A lot of that's a lot of talent. Part of that happened because of the fact that it was fresh tire uh, with the undercut, but also uh, he was having clutch issues. Now, if you're familiar, and they talked about this in the broadcast, um, F1 cars don't actually use a clutch except for to start the car, and so basically he had to go in and control it, delete the system that was basically having the clutch gl- the clutch glitch out just a little bit before this, and on top of that, with the new yeah. tires, does all the stuff when he just said he does. And still just is like, whatever, I'm going to get my head down and just continue racing. Absolutely wild. Um, so that was kind of Max's race. And then once he got into P1, typical Max just kind of pulled a weed. And then old Max would have been like, I'm going to put 15 seconds on everybody. And now it was more of like, I'm going to maintain a nice six to eight Delta and like maintain my tires and not blow up my engine or do dumb kid stuff. He's a champion. Uh <laughs> Uh, so really good job from him. Uh, Checo's been kind of sleeping and, and it's funny cause, uh, helmet Marco called him out, dude. He was like, uh, I don't know if Checo thinks we're already in the summer break, but we're not. What are you doing? <laughs> it was like, Oh shit. Uh, cause he, he has been coasting. He, he's been coasting very quiet the last few races. Yeah, he, he last, we talked about it the last race where he was kind of sleeping, let George get the VRS on him. This race, he did okay. I mean, he's not doing awful. He's still getting points on the board, and he's still like P3 in the yeah, championship. Yeah. Yeah, he's P3 in the championship. He he uh, finished the race P5. Man, that's not terrible, but like he yeah. didn't have a exciting race. He just drove his race. Yeah. He was, was just you know, on a strategy. It's good data. It's perfect. Um, then you've got George kind of falls back for a little bit there, ends up kind of picking up mistakes, overtakes signs right at the end there to get P3, uh, giving Mercedes another one, two, and, uh, just a complete mess from Ferrari. You I mean, mean two, two, three, two, three. Yeah. Two, three. Sorry. I Hamil- re- Hamilton in, in second <sighs> Russell. Sorry, in third. I just really hate saying that. Cause like he was not on the podium for the first half of the season. <laughs> <He was. laughs> You really just want to gloss over the great Wait, race gonna, that Hamilton no, had. Hamilton, You're not going to give him no, any no, sort of credit. Okay, all right, I'm going to call on, you out here at live. All right, you okay. really just just going to gloss I, over that? I, no, I won't. Okay, so look, Lewis Hamilton had a had a great race. He is coming back to form. I'm glad to see that his fake complaining uh, in Baku has paid off, and he has magically no longer has back pains, and they no longer magically have porpoising. Uh, and he's driving a great race car. Now, Nico Rosberg did beat him in an equally skilled craft to get a championship from the guy. But uh, 
John, yeah, can once. you can you come in here and and tell <laughs> tell Ryan oh, here that Lewis is a great racing racer. teams throughout a season develop a car? No, it's really oh, interesting. Yada, yada. I'm aware. It's really interesting, Lenny, and I think our more uh, astute listeners might notice that I've literally told him this at least three I'm times. I'm aware of it during <laughs> this season. I love saying this just to get you guys riled up. No, uh, I know that Mercedes has time to develop, but they have a wonderful staff at Mercedes. They're really smart people. Mercedes has time to develop, unlike Ferrari. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, so Mercedes has fixed this car. This is this is a, a massive chassis change, and I think that Mercedes is going to come through. Ferrari has thrown all of their shit to the wind, and it's just GG for them. So, like, I just want to call back to earlier in this season, you know, maybe the first or second race where I said, you know, watch out for Mercedes. I think they're going to develop the car throughout the season you and did. they're after the summer break they're gonna dominate and here we are going into the summer break i would not and say domination I think they're gonna dominate the second they're gonna come second in in the, the constructors yes, i would agree with that and and the driver's championship I, one I because of ferrari two because of their development of this car and then next year it's gonna be mercedes on top again i think with with hamilton uh getting his championship I'm calling it right now. Yes. Think it's going to happen. Uh, put you, it down. You, put put me down on the on the the long call. So you see Verstappen and then Mercedes, uh, or I'm sorry, Verstappen, George, and then Lulu. Or are you thinking Verstappen, Lulu, George? Verstappen, Lulu, Checo, George. Okay, I I could see that as entirely reasonable, but I don't think it's going to come down to the wire, uh, comparative to it did last year. No, 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 no. It's definitely. Oh. It, Max has already won the championship. He's, he's yeah, cemented yeah, it. it's yeah. it's he's eighty he's points 80 ahead. Points ahead 80. Of, yeah, exactly. eighty points ahead of it's Kirk. it's such. Exactly. A, I mean, he has he has come out and shown. Look, you guys sort of chassis change on me. It don't matter. He does a three sixty no scope pirouette, and like you said, Lenny, he did a bunch of changes. This this this, this kid is now. Kind it, of it reminded me. I just I just want to say this again. I it reminded me of Schum- Mike Michael Schumacher and Senna. Like the old in mm-hmm. in uh, copic videos of like Monaco and Silverstone, where they're like doing brake bias changes mid chicane at you know oh. uh, you know a hot fast clip or whatever. It, it was just I was just like wow, that's impressive. Skill, yeah. talent, it was all there. He was on point. Like he just it was mind you, it was kind of like a slow spin, but mm-hmm. a slow spin at 70, 80 to, miles per hour, like a hundred. Yeah, whatever. 120 kilometers an hour, I was going to say, because my brain's wired weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, um, I think, too, as well. So let's get back to this, because this is going to go to the off-track stuff as well, which is just going on it going into summer break. Um, we have the whole Ocon blocking out Fernando. They, they kind of raced a little bit throughout the race. They end up going to hard tires pretty early here. Uh, for their pitch strategy, and the hard tires were not the tire not to be the tires. out. Now, uh, Ferrari being Ferrari, they saw this and said, hell, we want to be on the hard tires <laughs> uh, with the clerk for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> That's clearly so, the tire to be on. <sighs> can, I, can I interject here? Absolutely. If I'm going to armchair quarterback this for Ferrari, um, 
any Tafusi that are listening that have an ins into the Scuderia, any Scuderia Ferrari employees, HR, anybody looking to replace and do better after the break, Please listen to me Sebastian here. <laughs> no, hire me. Screw Sebastian. Me, hire me. Listen, I would have started you on the soft tire, okay? Like everybody else, because that was available to you guys as new, right? And had run it, that strategy. That strategy, one maxed race, that would have been a hell of a race to watch, mm -hmm. right? Even more so than this debacle that we had. Um, but anyway, th that was the that was the issue. Ferrari started on the mediums, right? And by the regulations of the FIA and F1, you have to use two compounds in the race. Yes. And so they started on the mediums, they pitted Leclerc for whatever reason. Again, they put him back on the mediums, right? And so it's a two-stop race in, on this Hungara ring. And so they were put into a box. The mediums fell off because he was, you know, uh, at race pace. And they had more than half of the race still to go. And so they had to put him on the, the hearts. They put them, they literally put themselves into a box. Um, that's their first issue and then you know all the other stuff that ferrari does the they slow did put pit them in a box science science yeah. has consistently gotten screwed by these pit stops right so you've got ferrari pulling like 4.7 or 5.2 pit stops and then you've got red bull doing like 2.7 pit stops which are like the fastest and it's just like i really really wanted ferrari to be good i really really wanted leclerc and verstappen to fight it out I, and then Sainz coming in and doing his little stuff. I love it. I absolutely. But what are you doing, Ferrari? Like, is this how you lost in the 60s to Ford? Like, what happened? Did you just, it's just dumb mistakes. I just don't understand it. John, you're Italian. Please fill me in. What is Ferrari doing here? Please help me understand. Oh, is dude, it it's like I said earlier. Like, he's just sticking his head in the sand. Everybody's telling him he's wrong. His drivers are telling him he's wrong. The media is telling him he's wrong. The fans are telling him he's wrong. Pirelli told him he was wrong. Did you guys read that? Uh, they, you know, they they have tire reps yeah. from the manufacturer on the team, mm -hmm. and Pirelli said this is a bad strategy. Don't recommend this as an alternate, as a secondary, as a tertiary strategy. Um, and they recommend strategies. Right. And Ferrari's like, eh, nah. Because um, generally, teams go into a race with a primary and an alternate tire strategy. Right. And it's usually exactly what the manufacturer is recommending because they have all the data on the tires. More data um, than you. Sometimes they might call an audible for certain reasons, safety cars, whatever, changing track conditions, stuff like that. But Hit like, on the safety car, folks. <clears throat> but, uh, but Ferrari just completely didn't listen to Pirelli, and they were like, this is a bad strategy you shouldn't do it and they just said well fuck you we're ferrari um like he's and what i was saying earlier is like they have resources like they can circle the wagons get a brain trust going and like figure out what their strategy problem is fire somebody hire somebody like it's ferrari for fuck's sake uh it's the biggest f1 team I, it, there's 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 no reason except for willful ignorance so we can't. I, again, this is very. You can't place everything on the head of the head of the chief here, right? I mean, the strategists themselves had to do have done something. 
uh, it's not just him making every box call. It's not him making. I mean, he's the one, I guess, giving the final approval. I don't know. I mean, it's just very strange. Okay. Like for me, like you know, you can, we can't. There's got you got to figure out. You can't just fire the guy at the top and then think it's going to change. That's not necessarily the case. Now, no, but I, I think we should start the hashtag Bring Back Braun, oh, right? Well, because well, obviously well, he had his yeah. shit together, <laughs> right? Can I can I can I hit you with the rebuttal real quick? Yeah. This is not week one, and <laughs> this is not the first time this kind of stuff has happened okay yeah okay 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 that's fair that's fair i mean um this is what the third time out in a row that there has been some sort of debacle at ferrari either a crash either either and or Mm -hmm. a crash and or a strategy failure engine failures or bad strategy engine failure yeah there's always been something i mean at least Three times out in a row. Right. I'm, I'm not going to go further than that because that's as far as my memory could serve me at the moment. But they, they've been they've been literally pissing away points at this. Right. I mean, Red Bull is extremely dominating. Ferrari had a chance at the beginning. Mercedes <clears> is going to kind of sort of put up a fight and become number two here in the back half of the season. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. Perez, is within, Perez is within five points of Leclerc for yes. second. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's insane. Russell's within 20 points. And then Hamilton yep. is 10 points behind Sainz. Um, and Constructors' points, uh, Mercedes is 30 points behind Ferrari. So unless they turn That's stuff around. Get That's getting close. I, and, dude, Mercedes was in like, wasn't even in the top five, yeah. I don't think, you know, for a long part of the uh, season. No, I think they stayed in the top five because of George Hamilton being Mr. Consistent there for a while. Um, yeah, I think they've kind of yeah. they they weren't like drooling in the bottom barrel. They were always kind of like these. Lulu was having well, some major Hamilton problems. Hamilton had a few non non point scoring. I know uh, I enjoyed races those races there. very much. Um, if we can go back <laughs> to those, please. Uh, so yeah, I think that really we'll see what happens at the end of the center break, and if Ferrari can really sit down and realize it, but it's just nuts that he thinks nothing needs to change, that they're okay with P4. Like, are they trying to, like... Because sometimes... Okay, for those that don't really follow F1, F1 teams have to set expectations, okay? You can't be Williams and be like, we're going to get P1. That's just never going to happen, okay? And so maybe Ferrari's expectations are we can settle with P3, I guess. I don't know. Is there, like, a long-term strategy goal there, possibly? That doesn't make any sense, because... For an F1 team, you always want to win. For an F1 team that was looking at the championship at the beginning of the year and was looking strong, I don't settle for P3. They were looking at battling for the championship. Championship. I wouldn't say they were just like, yeah, here you go. And they were doing good. Yeah, they They were were doing good. Red Bull had a couple double DNFs and yeah. But what's that? What's that thing the Mercedes did this season, Lenny? That Red Bull did too. Develop sandbag. No, develop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I, yeah, Listen. develop the car. I'm sorry. Yeah, develop the car. Ryan. Come on, I gave you a softball. I gave you a softball. Jeez, Lenny. Some Ryan level of tinfoil hat right there. <laughs> Put the tinfoil on your head. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a really good race to watch. Um, the main points for me is a 360 no scope that Verstappen did. Mercedes. You stop saying that for fuck's sake. No, it's it's just that's what it was. For me. I, it was funny the first time. <laughs> yeah. I, can I? Can I? 
Can I hit you guys with uh, a hot take? Yes. I think for the for the prediction for the end of the seasons. I'm I'm on prediction mode today. Okay, I think. here we go. Get your prediction balls for out. the end of the season. Um, Helmet Marco is going to eat eat his words by the end of the season here. Ooh. Uh, this call out that he Checo, it's going to wake him up, right? And Checo's going to realize that, like, oh yeah, wow, like I'm right there for the championship, right? With Max, all I have to do is place second in you know consistently the half of the second half of the season which i want to re-annotate from another callback earlier this is the longest f1 season ever there's it 23 sure races yeah well <laughs> you're just getting into the break and it's well, been eventful right and so like imagine what the what the second half has in store for us it has, uh, spot. It has next year is gonna be crazy i just want to say as well it- is it 22 with Russia being canceled, or is it? I think it's 22. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's 22. Yeah. So yeah. here's the deal. I agree with you. Oh, we got. Bro, we got some races. I, I, I no, would... no, 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 I'm not done with my objection. Okay, okay, on, okay. On. Carry on with your crystal balls. Yeah, sorry, it's a little long-winded. Um, and so, Checo's going to come back from the summer break, like reignited fire in his belly, mm. and he's going to consistently like either now. win. Yeah, he's going to be drinking. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be high off that mezcal. <laughs> uh, He's going to be at least consistent too, and then he's going to be battling. By the end of the season, he's going to be battling with Max for the championship win, mm. and we might see a Red Bull on Red Bull mm. sort of uh, rivalry form further down the road in the years to come, no. which would be great because no. that is one of the most competitive Red Bull has ever been. And so, like this is like a it's like a cycle. I got to stop you right now. I got to stop you. So first off, Checo is going to win Mexico. Okay, I want to see that happen. Checo has got to win Mexico. Yes. Number two, I think Mezcal is a sponsored drink of uh, Zero Left Podcast. Um, sure is. So if any Mezcal companies <laughs> want to reach out to us, our Twitter and Instagram is the Zero Left Podcast. Hell, if a Mezcal company wants to join our Discord and tell us how much their Mezcal is awesome and we should buy it, I- I'm down with that. Or you can come join us and you don't have to talk about Mezcal, but we like Mezcal. So I think Checo should win uh, Mexico. I don't. I, Verstappen is so so far ahead at this point, and he's so consistent that unless his car just completely fucking umps, but then like if his car's having problems, so is Checo's. I would just like to see more one two or one three or two three or both Red Bull dudes on the podium sort of stuff going on because mm-hmm. it's still just Max and other people like it has been forever, right? Max has been by himself on the podium with Red Bull more than he has been with any teammate ever. And so I just want to see more consistent one, two Red Bulls, just like Mercedes was Hamilton and Botas or Hamilton and Botas and Hamilton and Verstappen and Botas or Botas. And that, that's what I want to see more of, right? I want to see more of Checo up there with Verstappen in some capacity, but I don't think he has, I don't, depends on the Horner strategy. I I would, I I would have to say it depends on the Horner strategy. Well, that's the thing is that, like, they want Verstappen to win, and I don't mm-hmm. think that— They'll do everything to do it. They don't need—Checo is— cons- They don't need to, but they will. Yes, I would agree, but that's like— And they will throw away Checo's race to do it, if even necessary. if they don't need to. Well, yeah, but they generally don't because Verstappen has the pace. Verstappen— Right. They, Whether or not they need to is a different story, not, but they, rarely, they're willing to. Yes, but rarely does Verstappen not have the pace, right? Checo— has tended to pick up the pieces when Verstappen has a DNF or something like that. But it's like, okay, can we please get a one-two, work together, 
sort of thing. I don't know. So Checo needs to wake up. I need him to win Mexico. I need, I need a, I need like, um, look, if I can get a Checo Verstappen Norris Mexico, that would be great. Okay. Let's, let's talk about how good that would be. Um, <laughs> would be great. Speaking of McLaren, and this is a great segue. Thank you very much. Into like what I want to talk about next because here we go. Yeah, we're we're at the, at the break here. Uh, there's a lot of reshuffling going on already. Oh. It's a wild, wild, wild West season. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, talk so we about have, we have Seb time. retiring. We have Alonzo moving from Alpine to uh, AMR Aston Martin Racing uh, to take Seb's spot and to mentor tutor baby stroll which that's a whole nother conversation in and of itself um <laughs> which is also uh interesting and intertwined with this race here because alonzo and alcon were fighting the whole time uh and so like you gotta wanna you kind of want to wonder what kind of conversations that, were, that the two of them were having at the race or before the race and then after the race then what Influence that had on Alonzo's move. Yep. Right. He also fought last week too. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Alcon has been known to be kind of a weird, stubborn French defensive driver. Like he'll he'll put out the elbows. French. Uh, I guess you could say French. Is, is that French. is that a French thing? <laughs> yeah. He is French. Yes. But like what? I don't John, know. They're rebellious and guillotines, and you know, just French. They're just you know. He just def- he defends weirdly at weird points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds like the French in most of the wars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how that, I guess that is French. But... <laughs> so, no um, comment. Yeah, I mean, like, so Sebastian Vettel retires, okay, prior to this race, coming into this race. We're all crying. We're all weeping. We're all sad. Because if you don't like Sebastian Vettel, stop listening to this podcast right now. I don't want to just stop. Just hit pause He's a great and walk being. away. Love, just walk away. That, that is not a hot take. That's the truth. If you don't like Sebastian Vettel, pause, walk away. Anyways, so he retires. We're all crying. And, you know, almost I, I would argue more than when Kimmy retired. Um, so we're all sad about Sebastian Vettel leaving. But then there's this vacancy at Aston Martin. And so immediately Daddy Stroll, who is a business mogul, rings up Alonzo basically and is like, yo, I'm – you want to race forever, even though you're 41, right? So let's give you a multi-year contract and a fat stack of money. And you come over here and do Fernando Alonso boss, boss baby sort of stuff. And, uh, basically Fernando's going to jump on that all day because that's Fernando Alonso. And I, I love the guy, but he jumps on this. And by the way, his, his, his like press release of saying, Hey, I'm going to go to Austin Martin. Uh, was the first time that Alpine had heard that he's not going to race next year and is opting yeah, out of his uh, contract. Insanity. <laughs> so then Alpine basically is like, what? A, what? What? So they pull up the reserve driver this morning and say, uh, we're happy to announce that our reserve driver is going to be racing with us. And then a few he's hours like, later, nah. he basically goes, nah, dog, I don't want to. because Because of the fact that Alpine did not know that this was going to happen. Um, basically, Pastrani is the guy. He, they, he's been under Alpine. Uh, yeah, Oscar he, Pastrani. Yeah, he's been under the tutelage of Alpine through FP, F3, which he succeeded really well. F2, which he did really well. 
And the idea was if Alonzo didn't leave you. Piastri for the the record. Thank you. He was probably going to go possibly race for McLaren for a year or somewhere else like a Williams or somewhere to like, you know, get a little bit under F1 and then eventually replace Alonzo over at Alpine. Alonzo just literally just blew up the whole thing and just like so there's wrecked everything. There's a lot going on. It's insane. I, I, I like my comment here. So, like, we have rumors and unrumors that Danny Rick wants to retire, is thinking about retirement, or there's a retirement clause in his contract, or one of them, either McLaren or Danny Rick, has an out uh, to end his contract early. But they've both said that he's he's sticking there, right? And so, like, I think it's pretty safe to say that Danny Rick is not moving from his McLaren seat next year. I don't. Um, I don't know, man. I. So then, what is? Where, who's going to come into? If if the guy that Alpine has literally fostered and handheld said, "Nah, thank you," who are they going to put in there? Mitch. I was going to say Mick. You think Mick's going to go from Haas over to Alpine? It'd be a bit more more competitive car because he's basically watching Ferrari just be like you know a shit show, and he's like, you know what, my dad raced there. I don't feel like ever being on Ferrari. Ever, you think that's going to happen? He's going to basically stick with the Renault. No, he'll probably engines? he'll probably drive for Ferrari at one point in his career for sure. So you he's think, got to okay. And like right now in this current iteration in this season, Alpine is like the masters of the front of the DNS DRS train. That is like where mm. they are consistently. Like most races, there is a DRS train behind either Ocon or Fernando. It like keeps happening. So you think Mick's going to leave Haas? And then go over. There. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Uh, Prediction. Sounds, I told you right. I'm just predicting here. You, uh, I would also what about like Danny to, Rick going well, back to Alpine. Why not? No, not gonna happen. It Danny Rick and Alpine slash Renault is not a good. It was not a good mix. He didn't like it. There's a reason there. Okay. Uh, but I would like to. I would like to comment on Alonzo here. Yes. Uh, Alonzo is very smart person. Yeah. Entre- entrepreneurial legend. like as as a as a racing driver great legend racing driver but uh, like as a business person and his brand of fernando alonso perfect i think yeah. he's always or not i guess not always but uh as far back as i can remember let's say mclaren when he started driving for mclaren uh i looked up the salary that he was taking for mclaren and it was absurd no wonder they didn't have any money for development when he was driving for them because they were paying Alonzo so much. He was making $40 million a year at McLaren. Wow. Okay. So, like, who what? knows? Uh, yeah. I'm, yes. Look it up. I'm not even – that's not even BS. Look it up. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> um, I believe it. Well, he's absurd. He has, and I mean, yeah. it's, it's like we talked about last. And week. he was losing, right, for like a, a midfield rear of the, of the pack. Didn't even matter. He was just making bank. And, and no we wonder... talked about him playing chess last week on the circuit. I mean, the guy just just how his brain works. And so, like him taking the money from Stroll, and here's where my prediction comes in. Uh, him taking he he's making this move to Aston Martin, yes, for money. Oh, absolutely. He's always from so like back to my inception thought Mm -hmm. from as far back as I can remember in McLaren. Fernando Alonso has been driving for money and it's been absurd amount of money. I predict whenever he decides to stop racing, he is either going to buy an F1 team or create one himself. 
And he, we will see Fernando Alonso in racing until he dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think he, you think yeah, he's basically definitely. been pocketing all of this money. And uh, yeah. I don't think he's yeah, I, well, Fernando. Yeah, he just he just doesn't. He just seems too calculating of a person to like be that sort of frivolous with money and just be like throwing it away, no. like making 40 million a year and just right. like throwing it away. No, he's pot. He's definitely smart enough to like, uh, you know, at least put it in a safe haven for, you know, a rainy day. And a rainy day is an F1 team and I would whenever he can't drive again. So, or maybe he dies in an F1 car. Uh, I don't know. They're safer now. But like. I'm sorry. I'm and knocking on wood there. <laughs> I would say that like for me, I envision him staying at Alpine where he had his career of uh, basically crushing it out of the pack with the two championships and then going for, okay, we're going to become basically like a something at Alpine, right? Be it like the, not a strategist, but like a race direct, not necessarily the director even, but like something high end level in the, like I'm Fernando Alonso. I touch everything with my little boss baby hands sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) and boss baby. I don't, th- I don't think he has Trump hands. Okay. No, no. Look, look. If you guys haven't watched the show Boss Baby, you really should. Or at least the movies. They're really good. Um, so Alec, we got there, yeah. Alec Baldwin stars as the baby child uh, who's the boss baby. It's it's wonderful. We don't need to hear about that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, hey, certain members on our podcast, two of them which have been guests, have kids. They'll uh, shout out to them. They, they know who uh, they are. Uh, so basically, I, I agree with you entirely, Lenny. I, I think that's he's probably at some point going to retire, but he's trying to stay in as long as possible. Austin Martin basically allowed him to continue to basically race and then also make a buku amount of money. And he'll just reinvest that back in F1 at some point. We just don't know what that's going to be. I, I just don't think Danny. I'm, Rich I'm certain it's going to be an F1 team. I'm, so, a, I'm certain it's going to be an F1 I team. Mean, do you think this is going to shake out in the next week or are we going to have to wait all the way through the rest of summer break to see where these pockets are going to be filled? Because we have Alpine with an open seat. Latifi might be gone, even though he somehow manages so. to top qualifying <laughs> this, this week. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I just – I can't. I just need somebody better. And I love Alex Albon, but he's also being lackluster again. Ugh. So, like, he's just, second chance. He's okay. He's got the red not, hair, though, man. So he's got that cool Japanese hair. No comment. All red. And so he's from, like, Philippines, though. Um, yeah, I mean, Williams is just okay. Singapore. Singapore, thank you. Uh, you know, Williams is just kind of okay. The fall from grace of us. That's, yeah, this is so Fernando. Okay, so Vettel leaves Ferrari, right, and has no hair because Ferrari. Goes to Austin Martin is like, this is pretty chill. I'm going to get my hair. But he's like, okay, I, I just literally last week had a fight with Baby Stroll over – p10 uh what is happening here and then like baby stroll like bodies him out and he's like this is some stupid shit right as they come to the line and then this week he gets p10 after he announces his retirement he's just like look i'm gonna go hang on my family because i'm ter- i think this is actually quoted it's somewhere he says i want to go spend time with my family and less time with the stroll family and i'm like shit seb and so <laughs> <laughs> yeah Wow. Yeah. Oh, and so, I didn't um, see that. I don't know if it's an actual quote, but I'm pretty sure I saw it somewhere <laughs> on Twitter. And I'm like, that's probably pretty accurate. And Seb would be pretty straightforward and say that shit. Um, so that makes sense. But it's like, okay, well, Austin Martin has now fallen from 
decent mid-pack to uh, basically top of the back markers. Now Fernando Alonso comes in and, holy shit, they're fucking mid-pack again or whatever. You know what I mean? It's so Fernando Alonso to do that, which I I, I didn't like Fernando at, at first. I thought he was kind of an asshole, and he's definitely on the more villainous side of the F1 pack. But, like, he does it oh, in such a Fernando's good... Fernando's a good like, guy. He, yeah, he is, but he does it... He's like the... He's like a... I wouldn't say the Joker in the sense of like he is a, like a Joker type of crazy dude, but like we know if you look at like the villains in Batman are better than Batman himself type of thing. Like that's how I see Fernando. Like he's just like a top tier villain that's so good at what he does that you can't hate the guy. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just my thinking. Can I have another? Damn, I'm just. Just I stop just asking and so talk, my dude. Go, go, go. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Send it. I think it. the Aston Martin car, F1 car, is actually a very formidable car. It's just that Baby Stroll doesn't know how to fucking drive it. And, and Sebastian seven. just doesn't want to drive it to its potential <laughs> because he's so tired of mentoring a Baby Stroll who can't drive well. Right, right. right. So, prediction. <laughs> Here we go. More crystal balls, folks. Lenny's you know, crystal ball I, corner. I hope uh, Alonzo's gonna blow the pack, <laughs> the mid pack, out of the water next year <laughs> in the AMR. Uh, I'm just gonna, yeah, this should be good. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be great. I'm so I excited. I hope that you know we've had two. It's kind of unprecedented this year that we've had two old heads, like world champions, leave Formula One. Yeah, this mm. season. Um, I hope that some of this shifting and maybe they fire a couple guys that are ass. Maybe we give a chance for this system to work the way it's supposed to and give an F2 champ a seat. They tried. For real. And he said, I don't want to go to Alpine. Well, I I understand that, but I'm saying there's there's a backlog. Yes. You know what I mean? There's like yes. three or four guys in the wings that deserve a seat. Wait, so what I'm hearing is that we had Kimmy retire last year. We have Seb retiring this year, and then the next old head that's going to go next year is going to be Lewis Hamilton? Well, I don't know about all that. Maybe I was after he wins his eighth championship. Yeah. Nope. I was, I was referring to Kimmy and Seb. He's definitely winning next year, I think. No, he's not, dude. No way. Yeah. Nope. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't think Ham. I think Hamilton's going to feel like he has unfinished business, and I think he wants that eighth title. Yeah, because he's, he's gonna. He, he's I, a bloodhound. I I give the man the props. He is like the type of guy that will chase after something for sure. I I don't. I'm willing to bet to bet a bitcoin that Hamilton wins his eighth next year. What's that worth? Like five pennies now, dude. Uh, it's still like twenty two grand. It's oh. a little chunk of change. Okay. All right. Um. So you yeah. holler at me in two and a half years. F1 has been off the charts. Uh, we won't be talking about F1 for months, so those of you that want us to talk about GTRs and other sort of things, uh, Ferrari uh, Ferrari is probably going to make some big announcement in the next week. You can find us on our Twitter, Instagram, and our Discord there with Zero Left Podcast. I will continue to keep posting F1 memes nonstop. I would love to have more conversations about F1 during the offseason, uh, but we won't be having another conversation about it uh, until the next race picks up in a month. So uh, that's mostly F1 talk, unless, John, Lenny, you got more to say. Oh, uh, I can't wait for the Singapore I, yeah. track. Or, or Japan. Oh, dude, I mean, Japan's back, dude, because no COVID. I'm so stoked. Seriously. I Can I just say on that tip, I have been 
watching a lot of uh japan-esque car videos on youtube recently okay uh like a car youtuber dustin williams he owns a, a plethora of skyline gtrs he's a pretty prominent guy anyway he's just finishing up a japan trip and he, he was driving around his 34 around hakone and all this stuff and it got me really nostalgic can't wait to get back there and drive but anyway yeah that was it Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the back half. We've got the Netherlands, which proved to be a really good circuit. I love their uh, camber that they have. You've got Monza going on my birthday weekend. Let's go. That's going to be sick. Singapore, I agree with you, John. That'll be good to be back, followed by Japan, which is solid. Then we come to America for Coda, and then follow that up by Mexico. And then uh, uh, Lenny's home race from not home, Brazil. Uh, and we finish in the actually – Actually, uh, updated, and in my opinion, not a complete shite track anymore, Abu Dhabi. With the updates, I actually think Abu Dhabi is pretty decent. And we're going to see an updated Singapore as well, uh, because they did the uh, they widened some of the turns there, so this should be quite interesting uh, what Singapore is going to look like here. So, yeah, that's F1 going forward. Let's do, uh, what I, let's do a scrap race daily, guys. Uh, we've done a whatever show I was driving for a couple weeks now. I think we should do uh, like an F1-related sort of uh, rass scrap I can't talk. Rap, you know what I mean. Race, scrap, race, scrap, scrap daily? Well, I almost yeah. fucked that up too. Well, John, why don't you take this? Why don't, why don't you F1 take for this? the street, race, scrap daily. Yeah. I have, I have a very talented and, and agile tongue. Uh, scrap race daily yeah that's right uh scrap race daily ask your chick um which is our automotive version essentially of bang marry kill so we pick three cars and we all discuss which car we would trash out right which car we would enjoy for a weekend and which car we would bring home to mom and live with um so for this edition, I, he, Ryan started saying some kind of F1 influence. It basically turned into like mega super over a million dollar hypercar edition, more or less. Yes. Um, but they're all kind surprise, of surprised by F1. What do, we, what do we got? Our three cars are the McLaren Senna, the Aston Martin Valkyrie, and the... Did we go with the Apollo? Yeah, we went to Apollo. Apollo IE. Yes. The Apollo Intensa Emozione, uh, or IE for short. For those that can't say Italian things or whatever um, that is. Who wants to take this first? Oh, John, why don't you go first, John? Okay. So look, any car, once you get into the million dollar and up price range, is going to be overstyled. It's what keeps me from really... When I close my eyes and dream about the car I would buy if I had an unlimited budget, it's never a car like this because I just think they do too much. But that said, um, the car I would get rid of would be the Apollo because even in this overstyled company, man, I just think that car looks ass. Really? It's just got... <laughs> No angles and friggin it, it's like if you take the Toyota Supra the new one and how overstyled that is at $50,000 mm -hmm. and then you know 
make it cost $2.7 <laughs> million and multiply how overstyled it is that many times. Wow. Um, it, it just looks like a mess. It looks like a Lego car. It's a Hot um, Wheels car, dude. I mean, it's sick, right? It's got a 6.3 liter Ferrari V12. It makes 800 horsepower. It, it's it got a Hewlin sequential transmission, like an actual sequential. That's, that's fucking nasty. And still he scraps Holy. it, folks. It's just got a face that only a mother could love. And uh, <laughs> and you're not its mother. <laughs> I'm not its mother. face? I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm also not a I'm also not a fan of like really weird paint and that like it's, gold. It's so Hot Wheels. Gold it's like the monster from the Goonies, Goonies. right? Monster from the Goonies. What's his name? Ugg. The uh, the exhaust port on this thing is sick, though. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, the Carry front. On. I'm sorry. Yeah, the front. The rear looks like a uh, jet plane. Yeah. Carry on, John. All right. Some carrying on. Um, race. I would probably race the Senna. Okay. Because as weird as this sounds, um, the Senna came out a couple years ago. I feel like in that time, like the game as far as these super high-end crazy cars has actually like advanced a fair bit since it came out. Yes. That said, this the sin is a fucking masterpiece. It is. It, it's not quite my cup of tea as far as styling goes, but like all the the engineering and design details for this thing, it's it's a. Um, it is a expertly crafted like last generation car. I guess if that makes sense. Like yeah, there's, absolutely. You know, there's no hybrid stuff. There's you know there, it. it um, it's a seven-speed dual clutch. It's a twin-turbo V8. Um, it's stupid light. It's stupid fast. It would be amazing to take around the track, but there's just something about it that like doesn't quite like. I just feel like I would just feel like owning this versus owning like a six seventy-five long tail or a seven twenty S or something like that. Like I just don't feel like I would get anything more out of it. If that makes sense. Um, it's yeah. kind of got. Uh, traditional McLaren design language to it. Um, so that's that's why I would race the Senna. Uh, amazing car, but just doesn't, I don't know, something about it that just feels a little derivative McLaren to me. Mm, mm. Um, and then that leaves us with the Aston Martin Valkyrie, which, again, like I said, these aren't really my cup of tea, but this is probably the most my cup of tea because I actually think it's kind of pretty. I think it's the least overstyled car among this company. Um, it looks like the Batmobile in a good way. It has a sick Cosworth V12 that it revs like a million RPMs. Um, mm -hmm. And is backed up. Or 13,000 RPM. Yeah, and it's backed up with a uh, you know, hybrid electric system with a battery uh, from a Rimac, and it's it's it's. I mean, all all these cars have spec sheets, you know, crazy V twelve carbon fiber, everything, blah blah blah. I just think the Aston Martin's actually pretty. Um, yeah, and the engine excites me more than the others. It sounds 
It's one of the most ridiculous sounding cars I've ever heard. Um, and in terms of like, you have unlimited amount of money. Like th- this is a car that would actually, uh, like if I, if I was in the market, like I might cross shop this with a Koenigsegg. And I don't think there's any other car that would even approach Koenigsegg for me. Um, but this one's kind of getting there. Uh, so that's, this is the one I would live with. Dope. All right. Why don't you take the next shot or am I? Yeah, I got this. Okay. Uh, I, I, I got this because I'm just looking up lap times here because I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> uh, if you keep it on the track. All right, carry on. Um, <laughs> gosh. Uh, I'm never. Yeah. So You're the best buddy. Keep going. Um, yeah. So it's scrap race daily. First of all, I'm going to be very controversial here. I'm scrapping the McLaren Senna. Ooh. Which is Whoa. Off the Whoa. cuff. Like really off off range for me, I think. Uh, especially given the Senna. Yeah, my, that is that's wow. Okay. Not well, what I would have expected you to say. It, I, I figured you I figured you're taking the Senna home. Yeah, no shit. Wow. That's what here's why. And it kind of uh John kind of alluded to it and I'm gonna expand on it a little bit. The McLaren Senna to me is actually very derivative for McLaren. Um, yeah, the technology aside aside from this, okay, aside from the styling, the tech and everything that's used in its in employment as a car, as a track car, as an ultimate sort of spec car that McLaren marketed it, um, it's really all found in the 720s as well. Okay. Um, okay, and the lap times between the two, not that different yeah. right uh in terms of like price and like all the marketing spec all that stuff um it looks so bad, really it, the styling also like at first glance it's very form over function yeah or, i mean uh function over form sorry excuse me uh let me function over forms right and so like it's not a very good looking car <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right dunk it yeah. Um, and then I'm taking the Apollo IE on the track. Okay. For show. For show, for show. Because, you know, as I was looking here, uh, the Apollo IE uh, is actually faster on the Nuremberg Nuschluff oh, wow. uh, than the McLaren that. 720S and the Senna. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. I cannot believe you just and so, like, murdered the name of the... Uh... I did, and I just I'm rolling with it. <laughs> Fuck you, Nordschleif, Nordschleif. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so like I want to see what it does, and uh, but I also want to say that there's two unofficial um, lap times for the Apollo IE, one recorded in 2009 during its development, and then the other one recorded in 2017. And so like, so it's a little bit different. Regardless, uh, both are faster than the Senna. Uh, then I'm taking the Valkyrie home. I'm going to daily drive the absolute shit out of that, even though it's a center seat seater. <laughs> it's not very practical, but... Um, kind of like a daily you know, as a, as a commuter, as a daily commuter, as a one-seat daily commuter, um, as uh, the McMurray is being marketed, why, why the hell not? <laughs> 
By the way, yes, the McMurray is, is being marketed as a one-seater commuter for England. Oh, yeah, really? Interesting. That's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the McLaren, uh, the sorry, the Valkyrie. Mm. Yes, I, I would love to daily it. I recently just saw a video of it going down the straight of Fuji Speedway, courtesy oh. of my uh, friend of mine, Dino, Mr. Speedhunter himself. Uh, and wow, it sounds great uh, under acceleration and brutal on the downshift into turn one at Fuji Speedway. Like absolutely noise, like eardrum cracking. Love it. Cool. So the the Valkyrie does have two seats. I think you might be confusing it with the, um, what's the other one? Yep. What's the other one? What's the other really expensive? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What uh, is there is another it, one? Maybe. Not the Vulcan. Is it, is it the Vulcan? Might be the Vulcan. The Vulcan is all, also has more than one. Oh, the Valhalla. Yes. Maybe I'm, I'm confusing it with the Valhalla. That's a, I think it's a more open wheel based one. Yeah. They're coming out with a lot. There's a lot of Assens flooding the market right now. But yes. the, the Valkyrie does have the uh, does have two seats. It's like it's like we're talking about oh, Fernando sorry, Alonso yeah. going to Austin Martin. He's like, dude, I want to drive these sick cars, and I don't want to drive yeah. Renaults anymore. So <laughs> there is the Valhalla, the Valkyrie, the Vulcan. Uh, they're, yeah. they're very V shaped this these days. Right, for sure. So Ryan, what are, what are you picking? Scrap race daily. Uh, well, so. I'm. I was kind of in a, in a kafunkel here of which one I want to scrap and which one I want to race, and um, I'm gonna kerfuffle. Go kerfuffle. Uh, I, I pulled a little bit of an ope, and uh, so really for me, I'm gonna scrap the Senna, um, because that is not the greatest car associated with that man who is amazing. Uh, so it's gonna go scrap because the greatest car associated with Senna is the uh, Hunt NSX. So. <laughs> you, know, you know that's not controversial actually so you're yeah. on point there um so i'm gonna steal that steal a little thunder there so it's all right no but i mean like realistically like if i look at a if i look at a vehicle that senna actually touched and handcrafted and like really made an influence on it's the nsx not the mclaren senna they're just are basically using his name uh whereas he was around I mean, it's, an, it's an homage to him so you know yes. you gotta have to give, give mclaren some credit there i i do but like i think that senna for me, the NSX is more of his style anyways. And I just, that for me, better car with Senna's name is the NSX. Uh, if you know, you know, <clears throat> for me, I'm going to go ahead and also, I'm going to race the Apollo IE because like in my mind, you're talking about like the Nürburgring and all that stuff. But I'm like, yo, can I take this hot wheels car and I'm going to take it across like South Dakota from like, like Sioux Falls to like Rapid City where the heads are and just like haul ass towards like Sturges at like fucking max speed. Like just Hot Wheels car across like the Great Plains or something. It just, that sounds so fun to me to just completely punch it in this Hot Wheels car across literally nothingness. Cause I've done the drive a bunch and I think it would be super fun to do it in this Hot Wheels car. Um, it's ridiculous. I love the rear end on it. Um, I think it would be fun to hear it just, massive engine built by ferrari then tuned by mercedes it's just silly it's a batmobile uh maybe i'll take it over to new york and see if somebody and put a batman outfit on but I, i'll race it i'm not gonna i don't want to i'm not scrapping it i don't want to daily this it's too silly uh i will daily and all three of us uh this is like a alignment on a slot machine here we all agree we're all gonna daily the valkyrie 
uh, for different reasons, I suppose, in some way. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to daily the Valkyrie mostly because it's designed by Adrian Newey. It's touched by Red Bull. Um, it has one of it, – it's got a Cosworth, which is like OG gangster F1 engines. Lives um, to the moon. It is comes in green. Literally. It, it comes in green, which is my favorite color. Uh, it's also for 2023, there's going to be a special spider variant of which only 85 is produced. So instead of having a gold wing, it's going to have a butterfly wing. Uh, so I'm going to go with the spider variant of the Valkyrie. I'm going to slap that in my garage and, uh, I'm going to call it good because, um, well, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very Red Bull has, after daddy stroll came in and said, Hey, Aston Martin, you want to stop being just the main name on Red Bull. Do you want to actually be your own thing? But they were very associated with the upcoming, you know, the main growing up era of Verstappen and, and Red Bull. So that means a lot to me. And Adrian Newey is a goat dude. He is like the greatest engineer in formula one in the modern era i think i don't think anybody really comes close to him pick you up off your knees off the stroll tip here yeah what up? uh for a second here it's not only his money okay he is in a consortium investment group of people yes who knows who other you know nefarious people that he's involved in his canadian ass um as long as it's not the russian ogallery uh, go, uh, go, whatever you know what I'm saying. oligarchy thank you oligarchy oligarchy mm-hmm. uh, it's probably al-qaeda yeah but here's the deal so it's again <laughs> it's just like how we're making fun of benato and putting his head in the sand right you can't just chop the guy off at the head of the of the pack right <laughs> he's gone next year by the way yes uh I, you have predicted that with your crystal balls uh lenny and his crystal balls folks so um but yeah that's that was our whatever she was driving we all picked the Valkyrie. We all have three Valkyries in our garage now of uh, <laughs> of our list. You have spoken. I really, you know, I, I've got all the notes. On, like, I've got all the notes on like what we have in our garages. I'd like to like build out our garages with pictures and like do some sort of MS Paint sort of shit at some point of like what we actually have in our garage for our fake made up games. Um, so yeah, let us know your that. thoughts. Let us know what you would keep in your garage. Do you agree with John, Lenny, and I? Uh, if the Valkyrie is the car to put in the garage, you can let us know on our Instagram or Twitter, which is Zero Left Podcast, uh, or come join our Discord and really shop it up and tell us, like, just go ham and like send memes and gifts and just really go nuts and tell us how you want to take a Apollo IE uh, Hot Wheels car as in your garage or why we all suck for not winning the Senna. I don't know. Bro, get on our Discord and argue with me about what I should do to the vet. Like, seriously. Get, come on. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard about the vet, I'm sure John will probably get a little bit of a more sandbox, soapbox sort of thing again on his vet. Um, and I've been <laughs> I've been posting a bunch of Skyline GTR restoration content recently on our podcast. Yeah, straight from Japan, the best kind of tech. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, real high level stuff. I'll take pictures of my uh, Honda Odyssey door, uh, and I did the restoration on both of those to make him work. <laughs> I just can't, I can't with a straight face. So I have the same wig. I don't have fancy cars. It's fine. I sell e-bikes for a living. Uh, so yeah, that's been another episode of Zero Lift Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, please hit subscribe so that you can get these episodes every Wednesday morning on your commute, be it in a car, a van, a train, a bus, a plane, a Valkyrie, whatever it is. Uh, listen to Zero Lift Podcast. We appreciate you coming around. I'm Ryan. I've been joined by Lenny. Later, later. And John.
It'll be a long time. Keep I it think paid. I've used that one before. I you use that a lot. You, it's fine. Yeah, you're we, right. We I'll love stop. you too. So uh, keep it pinned, folks. We'll see you next week.